1: How are we doing tonight? Welcome to the show. IB Nation Sports Talk, up and running as always. Glad to have you here with us today. Sean Stiers. He's Jesse Stiers. It is Thursday. We're getting closer to the end of this week. Has this week been a long
2: week or a short week for you, Jess? Um, Kind of a mix of in-between. <laughs> the days go by so fast because I, I seem to always just have work to do. And so it, it's like a mix of... A lot of work, which makes the day kind of seem long, but then you know you're working so much that the day kind of goes fast. It's a weird, it's a weird dynamic that's going on right now.
1: Yeah, glad to have you with us. Glad to have all our uh, listeners, viewers with us here tonight in the uh, live YouTube channel, and of course on the podcast as well. It is Thursday, close to the end of the week, two days away from Marcus Freeman getting his fourth crack at getting his first victory at Notre Dame. We will see how it goes when the fighting Irish host Cal this weekend. Don't forget. We've got that uh, game day countdown show. I be countdown to kickoff Saturday mornings. Vince and I have it with you at 10 o'clock here on this channel. So, um, you're going to a wedding this
2: weekend, right? Yeah. I'll be down in, uh, Columbus, Ohio yet again for another event. Um, yeah, we're going down to a wedding. I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch the game. I, I honestly don't know what time the game is. I'm probably going to record it. Or sorry, 2:30. I don't know what time the wedding is. I know what time okay. the game is. Okay. Um, probably going to record it no matter what. So no one texts me. No one let me know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, stay off Twitter.
1: Stay yeah. off the social media so you don't find out. Well, right now, smash that like button, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. We appreciate you. How can Notre Dame regain its dominance in the trenches? We're going to be talking about that on today's show, and that is, you know, it's a big priority for this team. Both sides of the ball, offensive line, defensive line. Got to get it going, and uh, we will uh, be breaking that down. Jesse's going to break some of that down for us here in a little bit. Marcus Freeman did his end-of-the-week Zoom call with us earlier today. No big news coming out of it. You know, he's excited about Manti Teo coming back to Notre Dame this Saturday not sure yet they don't have any specific plans for Manti to talk to the team but he hopes that Manti will talk to the team I would think he's going to talk to the team if he's going to be around wouldn't you
2: yeah I mean I don't I don't know why you would bring him around uh and not have him kind of speak to the team so I'm hoping that's the case um I I think that he's obviously a, a great leader and someone who played with you know a lot of passion while at Notre Dame. And, and I think there's a lot of things that he could pass on to a struggling team right now.
1: <laughs> Vigo must be drinking it right now. Married life is like being in the trenches. Bro. <laughs> 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 That's right. It is. Uh, Marcus also talked a little bit about the challenges of facing Cal's defense, which has allowed a total of 27 points through two games. Again, we're going to touch on that. In a moment, when we talk about, again, getting down in the trenches, getting down and dirty, getting things going on both sides of the ball. They run a very unique defense. And um, we will talk about that, of course, you know, like I said, coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, Marcus Freeman also asked about how, after, you know, the players showed all the overwhelming support for him when he was hired, he was asked if he thinks maybe they're playing with the weight of the world on them to an extent to succeed and here's the quote that marcus freeman had quote i told them if you continue to listen to all the voices out there that have opinions about what you're doing or what we're doing as a football program you will feel the weight of the world focus on the things that matter to dictating the outcome on saturday end quote what do
2: you think about that jess you know, it's funny that that was brought up because I do think that there is whether you know guys want to admit it or not, we kind of touched on this yesterday. There's this kind of weight on everyone's shoulders, and getting this first win out of the way is, you know, it's on everyone's mind. And I think the players, you know, are thinking about it kind of subconsciously, and it's affecting their play to some degree. But I, I agree with what he's saying. If you're if you're too focused on you know what everyone else is is concerned about and not you know, what the team is trying to accomplish, it's just going to slow you down, you know, even even more so um, when you're trying to play. And, and it makes it even harder for these guys. So they just have to play carefree and not really worry about anything else, worry about what they've been doing this week um, and, and worrying about, you know, establishing Notre Dame football. And, you know, what Notre Dame football is, is predicated, you know, uh, by what the game plan is throughout the week. So I definitely think that uh there, there is some sort of weight on their shoulders to get this first one out of the way and I, i'm i'm curious to see if they're going to play more loose this week uh, i just think what happened against marshall last week
1: i just think freeman needs a catchier phrase for it you know nick saban calls it rat poison marcus freeman's got to <laughs> he's got to come up with something to call this you know so that he can tell his team he's too eloquent with his talking sometimes he just got to come up with some nice catchy catch phrases you know not down there in the SEC like all these guys throwing stuff up against the wall. You know, he's he's not Jimbo Fisher and and Nick Saban and Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach with, all, you know, all the catchy little things. And, uh, you know, so he just – he needs to come up with something catchy. You know, not not like T-shirt slogan stuff. But just come up with, you know, something – you know, avoid the noise has obviously been used. That's basically what he's saying, though. You know, avoid the noise. Stay away from it and and focus on what you're supposed to – focus on like drew pine was saying the other day that after tyler buckner's injury and he became the quarterback he basically buried his phone for a couple of days so that he could stay away from it and i don't blame him you know because now you are qb1 at notre dame and you've got to avoid that stuff i think at all costs because i would think that just you get too deep in that it can just get way too far in your head stay away from it that's probably the best advice anyone can give you Uh, Freeman also talked about how he's uh, gone about recalibrating in the past. And this may be the most interesting, you know, recalibrating to correct problems once the season has started. Because, you know, like, for example, he was asked about, well, you know, you were games that you didn't think were going to be problems based on what you see in training camp. You know, how do you, you know, go about, fixing those things and all you know problems once the season has started you know he mentioned how last year you know the defense in the first two games last year I think it's easy to forget this and it does get swept up they gave up close to 70 points his you know he comes in here as a new defensive coordinator and you're going what is going on with all these long plays that they're giving up and you know you Florida State you're not supposed to be giving up that kind of points to Florida State and Toledo but they gave up close to 70 points in their first two games. And even though the team was 2-0, he said it wasn't good enough. He said, well, you know, you you can't just say we're 2-0, so who cares how many points we've given up. You know, they drilled down, took a closer look at why they had given up 70 points. And here's another quote from Freeman, not just on the 70 points, but now as he looks and applies that, you know, because they were able to clean some things up and as the season went on, They got better defensively last year. And he talked about, you know, back in his time at Cincinnati doing some of this as well, how you clean some of those things up once the season starts. And he said, quote, let's see what we're doing well. Let's enhance it. The things we're not doing well, let's either change it, let's throw it out, or come up with a new way to do it. Not focus on outcome, but really take a critical look at everything we're doing. Look at the mistakes and figure out why. I told the staff, we cannot continue to say, well, if Johnny would have done this, we would have been successful. We've got to say, why didn't he do it? Why did or didn't he do it? And what we have to do to make sure he does do it. end quote, again, from Marcus Freeman there. And I, I thought that that was, you know maybe it's not you know rev- you know really revolutionary or revelatory, but at the same time, it's very interesting kind of hearing that because like it's it's easy to say well if Braden Lindsay catches that deep post you know maybe the outcome is different well why wasn't he in you know in the spot you know not necessarily all on Lindsay but you know why why did the operation break down you know like why did Buckner throw the interception on that stick route you know little little a lot of little things that it because we've seen so many small breakdowns And I I think really, you know, looking at the middle part of this quote, Jess, take a critical look at everything we're doing. Well, hold it. Let me, let me, let me back this up a little bit. The things we're not doing well, let's either change it, let's throw it out or come up with a new way to do it. And there was another quote, you know, that, that he had earlier where he was talking about some of this as well. It really sounded like, okay we've tried some things in these first two games and you know maybe now it's time to kind of pare things down you know start paring things down taking some stuff out of the playbook whether it's offensively or defensively and maybe kind of you know pare it down simplify things a little bit so we're not asking these guys to do too much and they can just go out and play like figure out a smaller group of things that are working and stick with those more often
2: yeah. And I think that that's kind of very crucial with, with now that, you know, Pine stepping in is you got to have plays or you got to have a simplified kind of package of plays that you feel comfortable running, especially when you have a second string quarterback, things aren't going well. So I like this kind of proactive Marcus Freeman uh, and, and being able to, you know, self-evaluate himself and the team and everything that's gone on so far, because I do agree if, if there's things that aren't working in your and two then it's time to kind of get rid of things. You know, you don't want to be changing and tinkering with things so much that that itself can provide, you know, some confusion, especially for guys who are trying to still learn things uh, offensively-wise. But I do think that there is an advantage to to really sitting down and breaking down, okay, these are the plays that work, these are the plays that don't work, and then finding, you know, with those plays that work, you can build off of those and kind of uh, use them as as your base to, to be more creative because there are certain personnel packages, I think, that Notre Dame, uh, I guess, would be, you know, that that, that they can optimize their offense compared to others. So they need to find those base kind of plays that work and build off of those and kind of have, you know, more more of the trickery plays kind of come off of that. But I definitely agree with what Freeman is saying, that they have to figure out why things aren't working um, in, in order to, you know, Get things better moving forward,
1: right? Not just say, well, if he hadn't jumped off sides on that, you know, again, like not just essentially look at the symptom, figure out the cure for for the whole thing. And Archer 452 says, I think a ton of this changes if both lines start playing up the potential. Right. If they can do that; they'll win a lot of games on talent alone. And that takes us to our main topic for tonight's show: How can Notre Dame regain its dominance? In the trenches. You know, offensive line, it's been a few years, I think, since you can say that they have truly been dominant. Defensive line, it's been a really good defensive line for the last few years. Now you do have a new factor in there. You've got a new position coach, even though you've got a lot of the same players up there on the line, both Adam Alolas and uh, Isaiah Fosky, to be specific. So, which side of the ball do you want to start on, Jess? We're going to look at both sides. Jesse's going to give us his breakdown. Tell us how he thinks Notre Dame can regain its dominance down in the trenches. Where do you want to start?
2: Uh, I think that we should start defensively. I think, okay. you know, defensively, it's there's a lot more that you can do um, it with, you know, design and stunt and like that kind of thing based off of what Kyle is trying to accomplish offensively. Okay, go ahead. So the first thing you know, in looking at Cal's game against UNLV, the first thing that you notice is they run a lot of empty sets, a lot of eleven personnel. Uh, you know, one running back in the backfield, three wide receivers, and then they're using their tight end as kind of like a H back, a flex, a flex back. You know, whatever you want to call it, he's not he's not on the line of scrimmage. He's not you know, hand isn't in the dirt. He's kind of like a wing. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know what what you necessarily want to call it. Um, and they have a lot of tendencies, actually, too. When they're in shotgun or this eleven personnel, they're going to pass probably about ninety percent of the time. And any time that plumber goes under center, they're going to they're going to they're going to run ninety percent of the time. They have very easy tells of when they're going to pass the ball and when they're going to run the ball. So if you're Notre Dame, that's the first thing that you have to look at on as a defensive line.
1: Okay, so slow up for a second, then. So they have very easy tells for when they're going to run and when they're going to pass. So. So that our Irish breakdown listeners and and viewers can can be ready when we're sitting there watching Saturday. So so give us give us those tells. Like what w- what are we looking for for run pass for Cal in the
2: offense? It's honestly look at their formation when they come out when they when they break the huddle and they're at the line of scrimmage when 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 Plummer is in shotgun and there is eleven personnel, one running back, um, and one tight end. That that tight end can be flexed out. So, you know, you have two by twos, two wide receivers on the, you know, top and bottom of the formation, or he can be up, you know, like I was saying as a a H back, a flex back, whatever you want to call it. He's basically right behind the tackle off, you know, a couple steps off the line of scrimmage. So they pass, like, I I wish I could have kept track, but when I was watching the first half of the UNLV, UNLV game, I'm almost positive they only ran the ball out of shotgun one time. But they still like to show run action. They'll still pull a guy. That that H back will still pull, uh, and they'll do a lot of what Marshall try did. Get, try to
1: move some defenders around by doing that.
2: Yeah, they they, they want to move defenders around, and they want those linebackers to to have to respect you know a, a pulling lineman. So then those right. guys get sucked up, uh, and they can still pass down the field. So that's the number one thing to look at. You know when they're going to pass the ball, running the ball, they always go single back under center um like and it is largely a 13 personnel they they bring in another tight end and they're under anytime they're under center i it's it's almost like 90% of the time that they're going to pass or sorry run the ball they they i only saw them pass out of under center i think once or, or you know one or two times so as a defensive line that should be your first kind of tell you know what what formation are they coming out of and it's really simple because if he's under if the quarterback's under center they're likely going to run the ball. If the center's, mm. if the quarterback is not under center, they're likely going to pass the ball. And it's, it's crazy because it's such an easy tell like that for, you know, just, just formation alone. I mean, that's like basic high school <laughs> tell type stuff, right? Which really. you know, I don't know if that was game plan of, you know, UNLV and if that might change for Notre Dame, but I mean, it was simple as if they're coming out in shotgun, they're going to pass the ball. If they're coming out under center, they're going to run the ball. Um, and a lot of times while in shotgun, it was just straight back pra- passes. And, and like I was saying, they're still going to show some kind of like pulling uh, guard, or, you know, pulling lineman scheme uh, just to really to bluff it, to get those linebackers to bite. And so I think a key advantage, you know, and to, to to establish control in the trenches is, first of all, when they're under shotgun, is they can't let Plummer sit back there all day. Or he'll, he'll find – he's a good quarterback. Like he right. can find guys.
1: But he's just, not – He's maybe a little bit more mobile than Jack Cohn would you say. You know, I was going to say yeah. he's not a real mobile quarterback.
2: He's not a real mobile quarterback. He's he's a true pocket pass quarterback, you know, three-step three drop. But when you let him sit, he's going to find the open guy. So the first thing, you know, for Notre Dame is when they, when they recognize pass, they need to do – the defensive line needs to get pressure on him instantly because if he sits back there in an open pocket, they have good enough wide receivers – And, and, you know, Plummer's got a good enough arm and he's a good enough quarterback that he's going to find the open guy majority of the time. So what I think that needs to happen is they need to find ways to get innovative with their four man stunts. And then they need to find ways, you know, to, to incorporate a fifth, you know, a fifth, a fifth rusher, essentially, whether that be a linebacker, whether that, you know, maybe that's a safety coming down. They need to find ways to ultimately get pressure on Plummer because they're they're ultimately a pass heavy team. Yeah. You know, I, I, I was talking about formations, in which they pass and run in, but they they like to pass the ball and they like to go out a shotgun. So you got to get him uncomfortable. You got to get stunts in him with your four man, And that's that's really what the, the defensive line is going to have to do to, you know, assert their dominance in the pass game is get creative with how they're going to get to plumber in the backfield. It, it can't be, you know, we're going to play patty cake. These defensive linemen need to put, you know, pin their ears back and get physical with these offensive linemen and really have stunts off of each other we
1: saw times last week when they had Foskey on one side and Adam Alola on the other side. So that, you know, they were trying some different things to get pressure last week, even against Marshall, you know, it it worked a couple of times, but not consistently enough. How do you think that, that Cal goes about trying to block Isaiah Foskey? Because obviously he is a guy we're still waiting to show up. And we had a question uh, in the chat here, why is Foskey MIA? So, you know, if if he can get going, obviously that's a huge boost for Notre Dame. H- how do you think that Cal goes about defending him?
2: You know, I, I was talking about how when they go that, you know, shotgun 11 personnel, one running back, one one tight end, that tight end is basically a flex guy. He's once st- he, His toes are at the tackle's heels. He's off the line of scrimmage and i think you're going to see a lot of using that extra guy to block foskey you know whether even on passing plays i think that they're going to they're going to try to chip him you know there's going to be off the line of scrimmage there's going to be two guys getting their hands on foskey and whether that tight end stays in to block him or releases for some sort of delayed pass route i think that the majority of the time that up back or h back or you know flex back whatever you want to call it the tight end he's going to provide some sort of assistance on foskey that and I think that, you know, Foskey being MIA is, is a lot of game plan. You know, these teams know th- that Foskey is a dynamic player. They know, you know, his potential and that he's, he's, a, he's a stud. And so why run plays at him when you don't have to? I think that a lot of this is Notre Dame needs to get creative knowing that teams are going to game plan around Foskey because he is, their, he is their best player in the box. You know, when we're talking defensive linemen and linebackers, he is the best player out of that group. And and offensive coordinators know that, so I think Al Golden needs to do a better job of maybe switching up, you know, Isaiah Foskey. Don't put him on the strong side of the field. You know, it it doesn't need to be something that's predetermined. I think that they need a mix up where they place Foskey and how they get him interacting, you know, with these different stunts. These stunts should be designed around Foskey, just like these offensive coordinators are designing to avoid Isaiah Foskey.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And this is a Cal team that has given up six sacks through two game, two against uh, two games, two against UC Davis in the opener, and four last week in that win over UNLV. So, as as much as they want to drop back and throw with a pretty immobile quarterback, and the fact that you know four sacks last week against the running rebels this would seem like like if Notre Dame's pass rush is ever going to really get going this would seem like one of those moments you know the kind of opportunity that is really presenting itself for for Foskey and these guys to to get after it
2: well yeah especially like like i was saying if they're showing their tendencies of being in shotgun and they want to and they want to pass the ball out of that majority of the time Oh, that that just makes the defensive line's job a lot easier because there's no run responsibility. Your only responsibility is to get to the quarterback. So, I think that this game largely stems on what Notre Dame can accomplish in the defensive line. Can they get, you know, can they get sacks? Can they get pressures? Can they get QB hits? Can they you know, we know that the, the secondary can disguise its coverages, but you can't ask the secondary to guard, you know, for extended amounts of time. They need to get they need to hit plumber and they need to hit plumber often. He needs to be uncomfortable. He needs to feel like that pocket is ever changing and he doesn't know, you know, is it going to collapse? Is it going to hold true? That kind of situation. So I think that the defensive line knows, you know, that they've been underperforming. And I think that they know that this week, especially with an offense that's been struggling and a backup quarterback, they need to take the game into their own hands as much as possible, shut down Cal and create turnovers with their pressure.
1: Yep. First, thank you, David Weigel, for the uh, super chat in there. And uh, Salty, no one on the other team should ever be able to expect where Fosky will be. Make exactly. it so nobody ever expects him. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like the Spanish Inquisition. That's right. No one expects a Spanish Inquisition. That's right. You've got to move him around on, on any given play, you know, maybe even line him up inside sometimes. I completely agree with all. Them guessing at all times, so they are guessing at where their protection needs to be for an athlete and, and a and a pass rusher like Isaiah Foskey.
2: And it's almost you could you could drop him not you know not a true linebacker, but you can bluff him back there and, and still bring him on some sort of delayed blitz, delayed stunt, delayed. You know maybe he loops in and becomes the the, the defensive tackle while the defensive tackle loops to the outside and becomes the right. defensive end. There's so many different things that you can do with him bluff wise. And I think that that needs to be the focal point for a team that's not getting a lot of pressure right now.
1: I agree. Anything else in terms of Notre Dame's defensive line you want to talk about before we switch over to the other side of the ball?
2: You know, it, we talked a lot about you know how how they can attack Cal when they're going you know straight pass plays, but when they go under center like that, they like to bring in thirteen personnel. You know, they like to they like to do use two pulling. You know, guards and tackles at the same time which means that these linebackers in run situations have to be ready to to help you know and, and when you have pulling guards and tackles the linebackers almost become an extension of the defensive line they have to get into the hole fast they need to fill they need to play physical they need to shed blockers and so when they bring in 13 personnel I, I think I almost believe a, a linebacker needs to kind of walk down and set the edge and and, and especially when they have 13 personnel and you have multiple tight ends on the field, it's almost big on big at that point. So I think there's another thing that, that helps Notre that would help, you know, Notre Dame in in this game is when teams are going out of 11 personnel, it gets so hard because they can intertwine. uh, You know, if they're going up pace, no huddle, that tight end can flex out, and he can also be on the line of scrimmage. Right. So as a defense, that forces Notre Dame: okay, what are we going to do down lineman wise? Because if that if that tight end is flexed out, you're, you you only want to really go with three down linemen at that point, and then if he's brought in, you want to go four down linemen. And so Notre Dame needs to be able to you know play in what's called a, an Okie scheme, where that that fourth man on the line of scrimmage becomes kind of a hybrid guy, yeah, being flex. able to yeah, yeah, being able to defend the pass, you know, split out with that tight end, but also be able to play run at the same time. So I think that that's going to be the biggest, you know, the two biggest kind of positions this week, Notre Dame defensively, is what can they do with Foskey? And then when when Cal's an 11 personnel, who's going to be that flex guy that can be able to defend the pass and run at the same time?
1: So do you like this matchup for Notre Dame? Like, should this be a matchup, Notre Dame's front against Cal's front, that, no, that we should see Notre Dame dominate Saturday?
2: It's hard to say because I felt like they should have done more against Marshall. Last it's, week, yeah, I know. Yeah, and so it's it's hard to say, you know, I like the matchup, but it's just a matter of whether or not they're going to execute and want to be physical. It just felt at times last week that they didn't want to be physical. You know, I when I played, there was, there was a saying that one of our coaches always had, and he he said, Do you want to be the nail or the nail-e? Right now, Notre Dame's continuing to be the nail-e. They need to be, you know, the hammer. They need to be laying that, you know, hammering the nail. Uh, and, and that's really what I want to see as them is them establishing the first punch, them establishing, you know, off the line of scrimmage, they're knocking back the off the cow offensive linemen, you know, rather than the cow offensive well, linemen kind of stonewalling them.
1: And this goes to the linebackers too, because I, I don't know that. We were necessary i don't think it was you and I I think it was vince and I a couple nights ago it, when somebody brought up Notre Dame's linebackers catching too many blocks and really not block destructing well enough as as a guy who played that position inside jess what what do you think about what you've seen from the linebacker group so far along those lines you know specifically when it comes to like being physical against the run like you're talking about
2: it hasn't been very great, to be honest with you. And it 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 almost looks like it, it's you know, it's like a mindset thing. These linebackers have to know that they need to be physical at times, they need to engage in blocks and be able to shed blocks. And, and you know, you need you want to be able to throw a punch and, and see those offensive linemen's heads, you know, snap back, whip back, and, and to be able to destruct the block, get off, and find the runner as soon as possible. So I need Notre Dame needs to do that better. They need to fill downhill faster. They need to get off blocks faster and they need to rally around the ball a little bit faster. And right now the linebackers just aren't doing those things. They're, they're getting kind of out physical. And even at the point of contact, they're not getting off blocks necessarily as good as they should be. Okay.
1: Tom says he is scared of Cal's defensive line. And it's a very unique defensive front that they give. And Really, it starts with the nose guard, you know, because they sometimes they only have a couple of <laughs> down linemen. But uh, Ricky Correa, his number is ninety-one. So I know if you watched some of the game, Jess, <clears throat> excuse me, you probably saw number 91 Correa, six foot four, three hundred and thirty-five pounds. How scared should Notre Dame fans be of that Cal defensive line Saturday?
2: Uh, if I I would say you know I'm not going to give a level in which they should be scared, but I will say that if of Cal's defense, what what should you be most scared of? It's definitely their defensive line. Their defensive line is the strong point of their um, of their defense, and, it, and it's really unique because their defense <laughs> watching watching Cal's defense is is very unique because it's vanilla, but at the same time the only things that they're really kind of manipulating or changing is what they're doing with their defensive line. Sometimes they go to, you know, true down linemen. Sometimes they go with three down linemen, but like I was trying to explain to you a little bit before the show, what's so weird is that <laughs> they're outside guys, you know, outside of the guys who have their hand in the dirt on the defensive line, their interior linemen, those outside guys. I don't know if you could call them defensive ends because they're standing up. They're not even, you know, they're not even in a three point angle. Like they're gonna pass rush. They're they're largely in a two point stance. And it seems like their job is really to read pass and run. Or yeah, sorry, run and pass. And if it's run, okay, we're gonna come down and engage. If it's pass, we're immediately gonna bail out and, and, and be in coverage. So it's really hard to gauge Cow's kind of defense because of what. What they're all, you know, the defensive line is so ever changing, and there's no guys who are like definitely committed to being down linemen outside of their, you know, two interior linemen.
1: What's scary is Notre Dame historically has struggled against, you know, three four type defenses or whatever you want to call it, you know, three down linemen type defenses, whether it was Ball State a few years ago, Vanderbilt, you know, those are all teams that played three fours, because, you know, now you've got just what you're describing right there. And with Cal, you're talking about if they're only going to put two linemen down, that is another extra body, another linebacker type who's going to be standing up. And what it does is it's harder for the offensive line to figure out, okay, where is the pressure coming from when you've got all these guys standing up and they're better athletes. So you start with that, and then you throw in the fact that to me, You know, even though there's been some physicality issues from Notre Dame's offensive line, it has been the communication type stuff and knowing who is supposed to block who and those kind of things that have been the biggest problem. So now if you've got these bodies standing up, that confounds the problem. So I think that's what makes it really scary. And then you throw in the fact that you've got a new quarterback who's going to be part of the mix as well.
2: Yeah. And I think that that's going to be uh, something that's going to be tough is, you know, Pine's going to have to be out there identifying fronts, identifying, you know, blitzes, who's the Mike linebacker, that kind of thing. And you brought up a really good point is when they when they stand up those ends like that, you know, they can they can stunt so many different ways because of it, you know, and they can bring delayed linebackers off of it. And I think to your point, that's what's going to be really challenging. And I know that that's what they're going to do to try to torment Notre Dame's offensive line is they're going to try to, you know, bring different stunts. They're going to loop those guys, um, you know, and sometimes you see those guys on the edge loop all the way around to kind of, you know, over the center. So there's going to be a lot of delay, um, but, you know, kind of going back to what we've been talking about, communication is going to be very, very important for the Notre Dame offensive line. They need to hold true on their gaps. um, And, you know, just I think what's really hurt Notre Dame offensively is, If they don't see offensive linemen, if they don't see someone directly over them, it's like they kind of vacate that zone and start immediately, drastically looking okay left and right, and then all of a sudden a guy is right up in their zone where you know he's supposed to be. Yeah, I think Cal is going to try to exploit that to a large degree by bringing those delayed stunts um, and bringing those kind of linebacker twists because they, you know, they've obviously seen the film so far in Notre Dame's offensive line.
1: Well, and it's not just the offensive line, because again, now you've got bodies standing up and so you know, they can crowd the line of scrimmage or wherever they want to be. And then on one play, one guy might drop into coverage. On the next play, the other guy is dropping into coverage. So you also don't know that as well. And right. that is obviously something specific to Drew Pine with the interception that we saw last week. And again, going back to the blue gold game with Jordan Batello interception, those are things that it at least in the, you know those two specific instances the two most recent specific instances we've seen Drew Pine those are things that he has had an issue with so i mean that's a big concern as well
2: yeah and those you know what what we used to like to call it is the viking and that's when the defense defensive end will you know show pressure and then all of a sudden fall out into the flat quarterback doesn't see him and he you know he kind of just undercuts what would be a hitch route or you know, curl route or you know something like that. So that's that's definitely has to be on Pine's radar. Is you know knowing who who's coming and who's not. And I know it it's it's it sounds a lot easier, but when you're quarterback and there's a million things going on at the line of scrimmage and you're setting formation, you're setting strength and all those kind of things, you know, you kind of lose track of that. And that's the whole reason why uh, the the defense does those co- sort of things is to provide as much confusion as possible. David says, do you
1: recall Kelly saying he didn't need a marquee QB? He could manufacture offense uh, from the super chat. I believe I remember something along those lines. It has been a while, and, you know, BK's not here anymore. So can this crew (laughs) manufacture the offense? That's the biggest question right now. So with all this stuff that we're talking about, Jess, How's Notre Dame's offense going to score any points? Because, you know, you're, you know, like I was joking a couple of weeks ago about Ohio state and, and Jim Knowles, you know, this ain't buddy Ryan and. We're kind of building this Cal team up. Like they're the greatest defense ever. So how's, how's Drew Pine and, and Tommy Reese and this offense going to score any points Saturday?
2: Uh, I I think not think i know that the, the number one way to for them to score is they have to avoid running into that interior line of cows they need to have design kind of outside zone schemes uh you know outside they, they basically they need to attack outside of the tackles um and a lot of that i think they can accomplish with two tight end sets i think that, that they can you know that those guys those so you're those... down with the two tight end sets you still want to stick with 12 huh I'm not, you know, I'm not I'm not saying that use it the whole game, but I think <laughs> okay. that there's there's certain things that they need to set up and build off of it, and 12 personnel can accomplish that because okay. when you have those kind of hybrid flex guys who are on the end, those guys have to be good in coverage. So that means that they're probably not as strong in the run. And Notre Dame has a great strength with their tight ends and being able to set the edge and blocking. And so I think that you could see a lot of like outside veer schemes of running, you know, off the tackle and kind of tight end, and then that sets up some play action RPO where you're you're making those flex hybrid guys commit on the edge. Are they committing to run or are they committing to pass? If they're committing to run, then you throw the little, you know, ball out to the flat to Chris Tyree, whoever that might be, and let him use his speed and athleticism to kind of tear up the secondary. But I think in order for them to have success, they need to play outside of the tackles. There's no need to run any power or any, you know, run schemes between the guards as much because cows got really good interior alignment there to quickly shut that down. And so it needs to become, okay, how are we utilizing the boundaries or the edge We're and getting there, setting the edge and allowing Notre Dame speed to kind of take over and athleticism because they have the athletes, you know, to, to get out on the edge and then, okay, after that, let's start building some of more of the intermediate routes over the middle. Once those linebackers are kind of, you know, sucked up, and I think that's that's going to be their way to, to attack this defense is really avoiding kind of any inside game and really focusing on outside runs, you know, some sort of zone scheme, and then playing off of that and getting some favorable matchups. Yeah. Uh, and It, it really, it, to me, it comes down to exploiting those, those whatever you want to call them, flex defensive ends and, and really trying to manipulate them as much as possible. I think well, you they- can manipulate them, whether it be running pass, that's that's really going to be the way to to get at this Cal defense.
1: I like what Drew Pine's belly button is saying. Screen game, screen game going to be huge that weekend, and we still haven't seen exactly a, a ton of screens and especially running back screens. And you know, this is the perfect time to break some of that out if you're going to use it. I, I think it's the perfect time to j- just what you're talking about there, where you can attack on the perimeter and take the aggression of that Cal defense and, and use that against them. You know, you get a guy like Chris Tyree out there and you hit a couple of those, you know, then, then you're going to really make them think about what they're doing defensively. So I,
2: I, I like, really like the Tom, Tom Frawley's 21 personnel, that that could be really beneficial too, because you I think, think so. you got both running backs coming out and you're really forcing things, you know, to the edge. And I think that is something that's, could be very beneficial and i'm i'm actually surprised we haven't seen more 21 personnel out of Notre Dame because they have a trio of good backs who can all do different things well. So i think that integrating some 21 personnel and getting those guys out on the edge and flushing out, you know, those kind of hybrid guys is really going to be something that could be beneficial to them and you can you know you could do the double, you could fake the off screen. of that and then throw out a screen to the other running back and i think that that's something that can hold those guys true but then burn them at the same time.
1: Yeah, and that's that's why, you know, like I was, you know, kind of giving you a little jab there about the 12 personnel because but based on what you're talking, you know, I see what you're saying where where they can still use some of that to their advantage, but at the same time, the other stuff that you were talking about, stay away from the inside stuff, stay more outside, and that's that that's really what this team right now until that line drastically changes, that's what they're built for. And that's why it's so frustrating still seeing so much 12 and 13 with all these tight ends because they just have not been physical enough at the point of attack down in the trenches to, to, to make it worth that, especially when you have the kind of athletes that you have and you're under underutilizing a guy like Chris Tyree, who I think everyone wants to see get the ball in his hands more. And I'll, if, if he doesn't have 15 touches <laughs> this weekend – I mean, come on, what are we even doing if Chris Tyree's not going to touch it 15 times?
2: Yeah. And I I think a a good play that, you know, again, to attack these edges is, you know, why not just a quick pitch out to Tyree? You know, just on the it, it doesn't even have it could be at a shotgun. It can be under center. It just quick pitch outs and really getting out to, you know, onto the outside can really help them.
1: Jesse, can they run Tom, yes. can they run wheel routes and bubble screens from 21?
2: Yeah. I mean, that's, those are, that's essentially kind of what I'm talking about is those two running backs can bubble screen out to each side. You force someone to, to man up with them. Okay. And if they do that and they successfully cover that, well, that means something else probably has to be opened down the field. So make them cover that, you know, fake a bubble screen every play if that, if you need to, but I ultimately think why why aren't they running more of those running back wheel routes that's something that's really hard for linebackers to cover and when you have the speed like Tyree and, and the catching ability it's something that should be utilized more often maybe maybe they're just like waiting to unveil this like Tyree like <laughs> the Tyree offense is coming right yeah it's like it, it, it almost makes like what were they slowly like trying to release things it just doesn't make sense of why we haven't seen that kind of you know attack yet. when you look at
1: what Notre Dame's offense was last year because I, I know we're all banging our heads against the wall thinking the Brian Kelly offense was gone but we're still seeing a lot of the you know Brian Kelly offense or whatever it is that we're gonna call it but you know the running backs got the ball in their hands. you know I think Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree combined for like 75 80 catches off the top of my head last year that's not the pace. That the you know the the top two running backs would be on right now. That are at a very you know again, Chris Tyree, as Kyron Williams' backup last year was averaging six point six touches per game. As the guy with the most experience of the three running backs right now, he is only averaging six touches per game. And you know I'm saying touches because he can obviously do more than just run the football. There are other ways to get him in, involved as we saw in the Fiesta Bowl. But we haven't seen any of that so far. So and I think that's what everyone is waiting to see right now. Is it going to change with Drew Pine as the quarterback? And that's, do you think that, you know, again, with this defensive front and, you know, to all the things and asking Drew Pine to make quick decisions, we were talking about the other day about Drew Pine going tempo. Do you think that is the way to go? Against this specific defense, more tempo type stuff.
2: Yeah, because when you, the, the thing about tempo is once you get going and you, and you exploit something, you can just keep exploiting it, you know, that, that you can't, you can't sub out. And so if Notre Dame finds a mismatch that they like, they can continue to exploit it time and time again. And I think, I think what we're going to see is we're going to see more passing, but it, it's not going to be downfield passing. I think Pine is very good at getting the ball out quickly with accuracy and 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 being sharp and that's going to be you know a lot of like quick laser passes of slants hitches screens we're going to see a lot of that kind of passing but i don't think that we're going to see a lot of downfield passing and i i think that that's got to be the game plan is just getting the ball out of pine's hands quickly and just saying okay we like our athletes against yours you know get them in space and and just get them the ball and see what happens. And you can't, in my opinion, you can't get mad if if you're getting the ball out and you're catching these screens and slants and the guys make the tackles. You tip your cap and say that's a good football play. But make them make the play. Take
1: your yards, yeah. Make them make the play. Take take the yards as well. We are not Marshall. Jesse, can we motion Lindsay to the backfield and have him go out on a screen?
2: Yeah, and that's another you know quick play you can run is. Motion Lindsay across the line of scrimmage, as soon as he gets to about the tackle, you hike the ball and then you screen him out. Your outside wide receiver runs a slant in. He's got, you know, he catches the screen and he's got, you know, the whole sideline to run up out of. And that's another thing that I'm so surprised we haven't seen is utilizing motion because motion not only sets up plays, but it gives, it allows the quarterback to recognize is this man, is this,
1: yes,
2: is it man or is it zone the more you can get the defense running around pre-snap the more confusion that you you know that you you get going and so there's all different kinds of motions you can run and when you have speedsters like Tyree and Lindsey I think that that's something you should be utilizing styles as well I think that getting you know maybe even lining up with Tyree in the background and motioning him out as kind of a split out wide receiver is something that can can be very beneficial because then that way you know maybe you have Tyree split out and then you have know, your two two outside wide receivers crash down and quickly run a screen, you know, off of that. There's there's so many things that I think that they should be doing with Lindsey and Tyree pre-snap that should allow them to do kind of more things. I'm really surprised we haven't seen that because of what I was just talking about. Like, even if you're not even going to use the motion, man, you can completely use them as a decoy. Right. Use them as recognition of this is what the defense is trying to accomplish pre-snap.
1: Uh, Michael says Buckner was missing easy reads too. couldn't hit any of those deep passes needed to hit a couple of those. And yeah, he, I agree. And that's I'm going to be really curious to see if Drew Pine, you know, a, a guy who's been around for uh, one more year than Tyler Buckner and a guy who we've got to talk to Drew Pine twice. We talked to him this week. We talked to him early in training camp basically the first week of training camp before the decision was made on who the quarterback is and Drew Pine has talked a lot about how he hunkers down in the film room and when he starts feeling nervous and you know starts feeling some of the outside stuff he likes to get into that film room and you know get 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 himself going with that stuff so how much is that going to translate on the field on Saturday, you know, because that's, that's what that's supposed to be for, you know, the recognition, all this different stuff. So how much is that going to help him? Is it going to help him? That's, that's, that's big because again, you could, you could tell that Tyler Buckner as a young, inexperienced quarterback, like it, it showed there were some simple things he was missing. There was a lot of raw talent there, but a lot of those reads, a lot of these different things were missing for him. So is Drew Pine going to you know is is he going to be a step up in that direction because of that extra year of experience and because of as again he's told us he watches a lot of film Let's got
2: a show on Saturday I think the main thing is just we you know we talked about this too Dupine has a swagger about him he I think he he'll just let let it eat I don't I don't think he's worried more so about the repercussions rather than just letting that thing sling sometimes and I think that that's kind of what this offense might need right now is some aggressiveness just to let it rip and let these guys make plays. is just get the ball in their hands. And like we are not, Marshall said, speed and space wins games. And that's really for a struggling team, get your speed in space. Get yeah. them the ball. And if, like I said, if they tackle you, that's fine. Tip your cap. But, you know, at least give them the opportunity to, to make those plays in space and use their speed. And I that's, think that that's really what the game plan should be about is finding our guys in space on short plays. It doesn't have to be these huge downfield plays. How can we get our guys the ball quickly and get it to them in space?
1: That's why Chris Tyree's got to touch it more. Because again, like the limited times that he has touched the ball, you can see a different kind of energy that he runs the ball with. You you see a lot of quick twitch and it, you know they they've got to be able to put that to use. All right, great stuff tonight, Jesse, on the breakdown on both sides of the ball for Notre Dame coming up with Cal Saturday. That's going to do it for us tonight as we finish with a little baseball talk. And don't forget, we've got IB Countdown to kick off 10 o'clock Saturday morning live right here on the YouTube channel. You will find it on the podcast channels as well. Afterwards, don't forget, hit the like button, subscribe, rate, review, comment, all that good stuff. We do appreciate it. Jesse, have a good weekend. Enjoy the wedding that you're going to, and uh, you know, find us afterwards. I- I'm sure you'll be able to uh, to find
2: it. Oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm leaving everyone on this. I'm gonna find everyone when Tariq Gracie gets that interception, and when you see Cal passing the ball. of the time, when they come out of Shotgun 11 personnel, you know where to find me. (laughs) That's right.
1: All right. We're looking for Tariq Bracey. We will talk to you, well, Saturday next week as well on this show, Ivy Nation Sports Talk.